TLDR, you guys are awesome. Joe, we uh, when we went to Boston Fan Expo a little while back, we you know there was a lot of different people there, different creators and everything, quite a bit of art. That is my favorite part about going to any of the comic book conventions. Um, you know, I've gone to around a few times, Boston a few times. Got to go to San Diego and New York at some point. But my absolute favorite thing are the artists. I love getting to to meet the artists, getting to buy some work, and just you know in, interact with them in the course of things. And one of the people that we got to talk to is one of the absolute best cover artists in the business oh, and love his work on it's all on Instagram too. You can see it there, but there's nothing like picking up his stuff. Um, Joe, why don't you tell the people who we have on today? Well, I am, I'm absolutely ecstatic to uh, introduce uh, our next guest uh, to TLDR, John Boy Myers, who I, I got to tell you, I tweeted it out and put it on Instagram the other day. Your artwork now hangs up in bag end uh, <laughs> with France, uh, with Francis Manpaul and, and, and a bunch of others. So, uh, I love that Nightwing picture uh, that you that you drew, and uh, you know, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Great meeting you in Boston. I love being town. Being town, great. <laughs> yeah. So you know, before before we get started, you know, I would you know, in, in the process of you know, you're pouring over your artwork, which you know, when we do our Instagram posts of covers of you know comics that we're either talking about or um, you know coming out for New Comic Book Week, I, I'm always looking for you know, badass covers. So we, we've come across a lot of your covers, you know, a lot. And so your, 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 your art is, is tremendous. And so I was looking over that and I was reading your bio and, and one of the things you wrote in your bio is that you, you know, you started young when you were four. So I wanted to, yes. this, this isn't going to play well for the people watching, but my daughter at home is four and she's gotten into comics and lately oh, her favorite great. thing is, um, yeah. On Netflix, it's a little animated show called uh, Spider Man is Amazing Friends. So she drew this. I wanted to show this to you because I'm a doting father. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So man. You can see yeah. Miles Morales in the middle there is uh, Spider Ghost, and then the little potato looking guy on the other side there is Spidey. <laughs> so she, but she drew that from memory. She was at school when she that's drew awesome. that, and so that struck me, uh, you know, when reading your bio because you, you talked about a moment, you know, when you were four and. And your love of comics really sort of started then, um, but when you when you first started, you said it wasn't easy for you to break into the business. Which, you know, considering your your talent, seems you know seems kind of shocking. When you you found a way getting in through a marketing director, was was your hope at that point uh, when you first got started to continue to get back into being a full time artist? Well, uh, I had always done comics regardless. Like um, I did a lot of independent stuff for five years during that time too. Like uh, Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore had a company called Funkatron um, before they did Walking Dead. And they uh, did a book called Battle Pope. And we did a book called Ink Punks and then a book called Double Take Through Them. So um, this is just stuff we're just trying to push out, you know, get our names out there. And I would do covers and I would do my own short stories and, um, do all that stuff. And uh, a buddy of mine had actually got in the license for the Masters of the Universe stuff and started a company out in Lynchburg, Virginia, of all places. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but uh, so relocated out there and then he hired me as a marketing director, which I had no idea how to do. But uh, fortunately, uh, I met a guy named Bill Roseman, who was the marketing director at the time for a company called uh, I think he was over at Marvel. Then for a short time, he was over at CrossGen. And he kind of showed me the ropes and, and taught me how to do press releases and things like that. So he helped me out a lot. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Um, 
But I did that for about, I think on virtually for about six months. And then I was out there for about a year, year and a half. And then I moved back to Colorado where I was staying at the time. And um, that's where my, uh, some of my family, I got family out there. So moved back to Colorado and decided, well, you know, um, maybe I want to do comics. So I, I gave myself uh, three months to submit and try to break into comics. And I think a couple of weeks, I did some Spider-Man samples, sent them off to Joe Quesada. And then uh, like three weeks later, I got a call from Joe and from CB Sapolsky and they offered me the kids line of Spider-Man. So super fortunate. Looking at my samples, I was, it was so horrible. So horrible. God, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe oh, that at dude, all. Dude, yeah. Trust me. When people bring that up to me to sign it, I just want to burn it. And like, here's my bucks. I just want to burn it. Like, <laughs> like I was following Mark Brooks and Mark, even at that time was just, just fully formed, you know, just an amazing artist even back then. Um, and looking at myself to his, it's just like, ugh. like somebody must have lost a bet to hire me, but thank God, because I have a job doing this. So. Uh, fortunately, I've gotten a little bit better since then. Uh, thank, thank God, thank you, God. Um, so, um, yeah, I've been kind of doing it nonstop ever since. But I mean, this is—I've been doing comics now for—I want to say professionally now since 2000. So about 20 plus years, and then five years of independent stuff. So about 26 years. Yeah, in comics. That's like really bizarre um but uh because it doesn't feel like it's been that long uh i just now think my work is now starting to get kind of interesting and kind of right kind of cool you know so i'm starting to figure it out um i'll um, say sheesh i mean that the the one, the one that jumps to mind of course is the the art that joe has with the oh, nightwing card right, right. Remember, you know, read nightwing and everything and then the bounty hunter or the, the uh, bounty hunter is it, oh yeah that was a fun one yeah it's with, it's kind of nice to do the easiest thing is like when, when you're in a deadline crunch is like what's the easiest pose I can do that looks dramatic, but will, won't take me that much time. Cause usually when you get covers, sometimes you don't have a lot of time to work on it. So it's like, Oh, I could just do the standing pose and make the cape move and cover him a little bit. I'm like, yeah, put him in shadow. Cool. Like that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, thank God people liked it. Um, cause I, it's kind of weird. Like I don't really consider myself a cover artist. I mean, I, I do, I don't mind doing covers cause it, it pays the bills. Um, but um like i love telling stories as well but you know with covers you know it's kind of like one shot one kill and you still want to try to tell some sort of story when you're doing a cover so you know like with that nightwing he's kind of like kind of doing his nightwing thing getting his nightwing on looking at the city getting ready to like maybe you know he just okay i'm gonna go fight crime or something you know you want to you want to capture these moments or this essence of the character doing something that is immersive in his world, you know? Um, yeah, and we do have other questions that we do want to ask you about cover art stuff, but before we yeah, jump ahead yeah. from like the, the stuff with uh, the Spider-Man, you, you talked yeah. about um, how you, you look back on that artwork that you did and you're like, you know, and I and I get that, like how any creator is not fully satisfied with what they wrote or what they drew, or, I understand that. But when you look now at where you are and then you look at that and it's like, Ugh, what's like what are the differences that you see from from then to now other than just like simply that yeah i'm a better artist now because i've been doing it for a longer period of time i think i have a better hang of things a little bit but i just i like for me my my guys who are like the pinnacle of what comic art is is like arthur adams and joe Herrera and j scott campbell jason pearson michael golden like those are my five guys that i kind of hold up like 
that is the benchmark. And every time I'm doing a piece, it's like, is it close to what they can do? It's like, it's in the same neighborhood. Um, and it always falls short for me. Like when I feel like I can start doing that caliber of work, I feel like, okay, I've kind of arrived. Cause you're always kind of like in comics, you're always chasing the ghost of something like, you know, we all got to end this because we were inspired by something we read or, or these dynamic pictures or the art or whatever. And we're always trying to like, kind of, that's our goal is like to try to hit what we think is the pinnacle of what the medium is. And for me, those guys are represent the pinnacle. Like those guys are like the end all be all for me. Um, like if I could get as good as these guys, I would feel like, Oh, all right, now I've arrived, but it's, it's still a work in progress, man. It's always, um, that's the great thing about art is just, it's always changing and evolving and getting better. And sometimes you take a step back to go, you know, a couple steps forward because you have to unlearn bad habits to re to relearn good habits. You know, you're like, okay, well, you know, I drew faces this way and you kind of find out like, eh, you know, maybe that's not the best way. So when you meet other artists and watch them work or, um, you know, that's what's so good about like YouTube and things like that. People live live stream and you're like, oh man, I've been doing it wrong all the time. Like, oh, this is so much easier. Like, oh, you know, um, yeah. um, but I mean that, that, that kind of is what happens. Cause sometimes when you're in a studio, your, your learning curve is cut shorter because there's so many good guys around you. You're sharing techniques. Whereas you live in a bubble, you're kind of like doing it on your own. It's kind of teaching yourself to drive. Right. Yeah. And you're like, I never drove stick. So making a lot of mistakes, but if you have someone there to teach you or show you like, no, just do this and that, you're like, oh, you know, you can, you get, a, you, you know, you can, you can speed off a lot faster. So, right. Um, but I, I'm glad people like my work. I'm always very flattered to hear that. It, it's hard for me to believe it because again, for me, my benchmark guys that I always put my work up against is like those guys who, inspired me to get into comics. It makes sense though. I respect that you don't you're never satisfied with your stuff. That means you're only gonna get better and better, which again is hard to imagine. Yeah, I hope so. Man. <laughs> oh Unbelievable. Humblest guest we've had so far on the show, Joe. Not yeah, even close. heads down. Heads down. I mean yeah, um, with Scott on here too. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> was there was there a moment early on, John Boy, you know, especially, you know, in those early days, you know, you talked about, you know, your portfolio getting, you know, ripped to shreds and oh, yeah. you being very unsatisfied. Uh, you know, with your Spider-Man, was there ever a point where you doubted yourself to a point where you thought maybe I I, I can't do this? I, I think the thing about it is, um, you know, I, I worked on it every day, like three hours a day, every day. So I treated it like a second job. It, it, you know, I was working a full-time job to work in construction and coming home and drawing all night, you know. So for me, I knew that this is, trying to create a foundation for myself to get better, to move and to push ahead. And, you know, I'm showing work and it has to be on the same level as professional. And that's what I'm being judged against. I'm not being judged against the guy standing in line. I'm being judged against pro other pro artists. So you kind of have to understand that's the, that's the benchmark. So I, I never took it personally. I always would take notes and whatever people said, like if I said, showed it to like 10 guys, I'd always take notes. And then those 10 guys at the end of the day, you know, you kind of pull your heart back into your chest and pull your guts back in. You're like, cause you get kind of ripped apart a little bit and you're a little beat up, a little discouraged, but like, okay, this is feedback. Even though it's negative feedback at time where people just, I'm sure they get tired of looking at like, Oh, this is crap. This is crap. Um, but there's always nuggets that people will tell you 
um, in, in your work, and they'll say the same thing. It's like, you know, your women are ugly. You need to draw better women. Hey, you got to work <laughs> camera angles. So at the end of that day of standing in those long queues for like six hours for my five minutes or two minutes or 10 minutes of people getting reviewing my work, I'd go back and, and cross out everything that was not the same as everybody. I'd write everything down and then cross those out. And what it was said in common, like more than like two or three people said the same thing. Those are the things I would circle and say, okay, that's what I need to work on. These are my areas of expertise. This is where people are landing on with my work now. Like if I want to get pro work, I need to work on this now. This is my next step. So um, you can't ever take it personally. Like, you know, uh, opinions are just like assholes. Like everyone's got <laughs> one and, you know, um, you, you can't let someone's bad attitude or problem be your problem. I think if you want something bad enough, you're going to fight for it no matter what. Because, like, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't pick up a basketball and is instantly awesome. I mean, he got right. cut from his high school team. Right, of course. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure the coaches – probably, you know, weren't very easy on him either. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, you can't, you can't be so precious about everything that gets said about your work because everybody's going to have an opinion and these things. I think it's, what do you want to get out of it is, is, is the real rub. It's like, what, it, what is in it for you? What are you going to get out of it? What do you want to do as an artist and what do you want to achieve? And I think you have to, you have to run your own race in a sense. And it's just like, yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. It's like you're comparing yourself to you guys who you who are your art heroes and you want to emulate and you want to be like. But at the same time, you know, you're also learning from other people and you're trying to you you're taking all these different styles and influences and putting it into one style. That takes time to form and create, you know, and and it's just like anything. It's like sports. Um, that's the best thing I can equate it to is if you want a good guy, just practice, practice, practice and People are going to talk crap and, and things like that. And, you know, they can do that. It's just at the end of the day, it's how bad do you want it? Yeah. You know? I'll tell you what, I'm looking at your King Arthur. Uh, was this, what, what's the future covers? Is this, oh, what's the future? What's I'm, future? I'm looking at this cover right now. I don't know how anybody's saying anything negative about his right? shit. Jesus. Uh, that, that, oh, that, that, that might be your, my favorite one. I hadn't seen this till right now. Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah, I, that's, like that. uh, I love that. Like, I think it's uh, the series is drawn by Dan Mora. And I think. Yeah. Dan Moore is probably hands down one of the best guys. Him and Jorge Jimenez are probably yeah. two guys crushing it in the industry right now. And what they're doing is just so next level. And I'm just like, man, God, I wish I could hang with these guys. This is awesome. So, um, um, yeah. So when I'm doing stuff like that with art, working on books with you know of artists I really respect, I'm like, hey, I really have to bring my game. I really have to do it right because their their covers are so good. Their work is so good. You don't want to not bring it you know what i mean it's like you know if you're gonna show up to play show up the score you know what i mean it's like i gotta try to put some points on the board i'll probably get blown out but it's like it's not gonna be a blowout you know what i mean it's like okay it's gonna be maybe close you know maybe maybe they win by a touchdown or something like that but you always want to you're only as good as your worst piece out there you know and you yep you never want to deliver something that's kind of you know it's kind of like you look at it and you're like Oh God, man! You want to make excuses for it, and you're just like, uh, I just—it seems unprofessional to have regrets, you know. Yeah, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're just like you do the best you can in the time that you have. Sometimes so, you gotta live with it, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, twenty twenty plus years is a, is a long time, you know, to be yeah. you know doing this, and and I'm sure even now you're still learning and, and oh, you're yeah. still you know you know oh. picking up new tricks. What you know was the best 
you know, piece of advice that was either given to you way back when, or, or, or even most recently that that's really helped you, you know, continue to get better or get to where you're at. Uh, Philip Tan told me that uh, best piece of advice I think I've gotten from anybody is to try to speed yourself up and go faster. Hmm. <laughs> and it's really hard because then you want to keep the quality bar up, but it's really hard to do. But the more you do it, over time, the easier it gets to be faster and faster and faster. So right. I'm trying that. I'm not quite happy with it, you know, because for me, I'm always in search of that perfect line. It has to look just right, you know. And I mean, I will I will noodle something all day just to get that right eyeball or get that right nose, you know what I mean? Sometimes it just feels like it's like, no, it's not right, it's not right. Um, because um, sometimes you're just too close to the problem. Sometimes it's good to walk away, but I mean, sometimes you just, I just, I feel like I get obsessive about like the detail and I wish I wasn't so detail oriented. I wish I could just simplify it just a little bit and be okay with it. Um, it's so hard for me to do because I feel like more lines in there hides all my like art insecurities. You know, you just put more lines in it. It's like oh, more <laughs> lines. One of these is the right line and people will leave me alone. So Well, it plays too, especially for some of the characters when you got them all decked out in armor, like your snake eyes, you know, drawing too. I mean, it's like I, that, and I mean, in the Nightwing and everything like, so whether you're trying, I don't know what you're trying to hide, but I, again, I respect it. I understand. Yeah, um, but when, you know, yeah. You, you talked about a little bit about your process of drawing, of doing cover art. And I know you want to tell more uh, you know, stories and everything like that as well. And I understand that, but, when it comes to cover art sometimes, I mean, like that can be what brings a new reader in. Like it might sound cool. You might, someone might see the synopsis and it's a cool presence, but mm -hmm. what you do is, I mean, you don't need me to tell you it's such a vital part of the business. Um, and I'm curious, I would imagine it varies artist to artist, but what is your process? Uh, is it just simply just make them look cool and that's it? Or do you get different directives from, you know, different uh, publishers or writers? Yeah. I, I hate the directives, man. Um, there's guys like editors I really respect. Like if they're talking to me a lot, like Ben Abernathy is uh, one of the group Batman editor guys. He's in charge of the whole Bat, Bat title, the Bat family, whatever you want to call it. Um, but when he's talking to me about what he's thinking about, I really pay attention to listen because Ben is one of those guys that kind of throws an idea out there and just says, this is what we're thinking. But you know what? You do awesome stuff. Just do your own thing with it and run with it. Just have fun with it and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's probably in the last few years that most most editors are not traditional editors. They're very young and they've, they're more brand managers at that point where they're telling you how, you know, a bag of chips is supposed to look. You know what I mean? Oh, so, uh, well, it, it it's one of those things where they're very specific about what they want. So usually I try to avoid those jobs because heroes don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of, you get those things it's like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's, I think for me, it's kind of like I've been doing this for so long and I kind of have a good handle on like, you know, a character like Spider-Man and what I think I want them to do, you know, but, you know, for me, like, if, uh, you know, you get a specific note that says, I really want it to do this and has to be in this type of pose. I'm just like, you know, you really know what you want. Maybe you should just draw it yourself because, you know, like you've got it down. You want, you know what you want. You should just do it because, mm -hmm. I, for me, every time I've tried to hit that mark of what they want specifically, it it always falls short. And I'm always having to go back and spend more time and more hours on it. And you have to understand, you only get so much money to do covers. 
it's it's not like you know I'm I'm like Oprah rich you know and and lighting twenties here with with my stogies it doesn't it's not like that you know so mm-hmm. the more time I spend on a cover I have to go back on a cover that's less money you know it's like I have other covers it's like I just I want to be able to have the conversations know where the bullseye's at and say okay cool let me do something that I feel is cool and, and iconic and and will sell like that's my thing it's like i i want to do a cover that's going to sell for you on the stands like that that's that's what i that's my job that's what i want to do i want people want to just pick it up just for the cover because then that's a win and when they read the inside the interiors are going to even get hooked even more so that's kind of what i want to do and i I feel like sometimes if things are more restrictive it's kind of like it kind of puts the fu in fun for me and i'm like well you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna pass on it i'm just rather do jobs that actually let me have that freedom well, it feels easier. like it strips you of your artistic ability, right? Because that's your artist. You want to create that, that have to have that freedom to. Here's my skill set. You know, I want to draw. You know, Spider Man. Let me come up with something creative here. And you've got someone telling you, yeah. no, you know, do this. It's, eh, you know, I get it. What's the point? Well, sometimes the notes are really good notes, and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? Let me try it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it does look better. Um, so I think there's there's that medium of respect and give and take in there. But sometimes I think for me, though, is when it gets really kind of like very specific on the front end. For me, those are jobs I like I don't want to do because it, it just they're they're honestly they're no fun for me because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, c- covers to crumb up with something that is somewhat unique and has its own voice and looks good is, is hard enough. But then you throw that mix in there for me, it kind of creates more blockers because it's like, well, okay, now they, they really want, you know, Spider-Man like doing this and up in your face. And it's like, <laughs> you know, um, the only bad part is like when you go back through and look at the covers that are done for that series, you'll find that a lot of them already have that feel. So you're like, you don't want to, the thing yeah. about it is, is you want your covers to be different from the past covers and you want your covers to be unique enough to where they haven't quite seen that. Like, you know, uh, working on Spawn, to- Spawn, uh, Todd was always like, just do something, Spawn doing something cool. And I'm just like, ah, dude, I I, I don't want to do that because it's just like, you guys have done it. Capullo did it. You did it. Like, I can't top that. And I'm really? like, one of my favorite covers on my Spawn run was two of them was Spawn, like, sinking to the bottom of the ocean of the ti- with the Titanic in the mm-hmm. background. And the other one was like, Spawn in a hospital bed because it's like, those haven't been done. So that's something when a spawn collector sees that, they're like, oh, that's something new that I haven't seen. Because like after a while, those covers kind of blur together and you don't want that. You don't want things to blur together. You want them to stand out, you know? So. Yeah. So when it comes to figuring out what you want to do, I mean, I don't know if there's such a thing as artist block, like there is writer's block, but do you, like you said that like, you don't want to just do something cool. Is it more important for you to like kind of know what's going on with the title as you're like you're drawing um, the covers? Sometimes I think for me, I'm usually the cutter B guy. So it's the alternate. So they're like, yeah, it doesn't have to link to the story. We don't want that to just do something awesome or, hey, Spidey swinging through the city or it's a retailer variant and the retailer will like have a rough idea of what they want. And then you're like, well, I don't want to do that. That's, you know, like I'm not really interested in that. I'm more interested in doing something like this. And then you have to do some roughs to show them like, hey, look, this idea is cooler. We should do this. So it, it's it, it's kind of like juggling many plates at once because usually when you're working on a cover, I'll do like, usually I'll do at least two or three different looks, like rough looks for a cover to show people like, hey, this is what I think would be good. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, and for those artists who do that, I definitely recommend 
do not submit a cover up that you do not want to draw because because <laughs> sometimes they'll they'll always go to the one you don't want to draw like they'll always go to the worst one right and if you don't want to draw it then you're stuck drawing it. you're like oh you feel like such an asshole because you're like man now i have to draw that it's like shit um, so don't do that to yourself everybody don't do that to yourself um but what i do recommend is do stuff that you would be interested in doing I think the only problem that you may get into sometime is like when I'm working on a rough that, that we all agree on is the rough that we want to do sometimes we'll, uh, you know, um, one pose that I think works well in a rough when I start cleaning it up just doesn't feel that iconic and stuff like that. So uh, sometimes I'll usually alter it and sometimes people get bent out of shape because I alter it. I'm like, well, we really wanted it like this. I said, look, this is an issue one. Your, your character is like this and you're just seeing his face. You're not seeing the whole body. Like let's open it up and get a better feel for the character. Like it'd be different if this is an issue three or four, then you can get away with that. But in issue one, you kind of want that boom, you, this is the character. This is, this is important. This is, but you know, sometimes those things just don't happen. You know, it's just like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. have a difference of opinion and that that's cool. You know, so. So, so so do you find that generally then you know, get more freedom with the variant covers and, you know, than you do with say when you've got to do like the cover B or, or the main cover? Mm, I think when I'm doing covers for publishers directly, absolutely. When I'm doing covers for retailers, not so much. Half the ones I get in, I just don't want to do because <laughs> they're very specific. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to work like that. And then I know homages are a really big thing. Mm. Mm. Do the homage of Spider-Man 300. I'm like, everyone's done that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, can we do something a little more unique? But I understand that homages sell, and I occasionally do them if it makes sense to do them, like on a facsimile book or something, because it's a reprint. So it's like, okay, cool. We'll do our own take on it. That makes sense. So, yeah, Department of Truth has been doing all these Banana Land um, you know, variant covers that I've actually been digging where they've been like – doing department of truth themes but to old like rock and roll covers like they right. did corns follow the leader you know they did a bananas one with like abbey road and, and things like that so that's dangerous man because those that i'm telling you record label artists will sue you so yeah you really gotta be careful yeah that's like, a, it's a, it's a good yeah. point I'm not the one getting sued so i enjoy looking at it yeah i'm just saying i'm like hey look there's a van halen one that was done uh, it's looked like it was photoshopped over the original Van Halen thing, and I'm just like, man, just asking to get sued, man. Yeah. That's, like, that's just, yeah, so, yeah, it's just, it's like, dude, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so when you've we've talked a ton about the cover art and everything, don't get me wrong, we we absolutely love that, but we know for you, it's important to be doing you know interior work as well. Yeah, and yeah, I'm curious, like, when it's, do you find that you want to have? A mix of the two, or do you do you usually feel like you're leaning more on the cover art stuff right now? I feel like if you say you're a comic book artist, you have to do interiors. So I don't like saying I'm a cover artist because I like to do interiors. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Just to just to make sure that people can say, "Hey, you're not just a cover artist." I did like a ten page Red Sonia thing for Red Sonia Red White and Black issue two. I did like a ten pager that I wrote, drew and colored. So um, I was like, okay, I checked that box. <laughs> <All right. laughs> So I'm still a comic artist, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, um, I think being a cover artist is cool. Um, but I think for me, you know, when you look at a body of work, it's like, 
you know, the measure, the standard is a guy like Kirby or Toth, you know, Alex Toth, and they have such a large body of published work that it's just like, you want to be able to say, hey, yeah, I've got a body of work that that is close to what these guys have done. And I'm nowhere close to what those guys have done. But, um, you know, you kind of always want to have a nice, good library built up. Like, you know, guys like Dustin Gwynn have like volumes and volumes and volumes of stuff they've drawn and painted and done. And I'm maybe like, uh, like he's like this and I'm like, like maybe like that, you know? Uh, mm. So um, I got, I got a lot of catching up to do. So, but wow. unfortunately I'm, I am working on my creator own called Princess Dragon Killer. So um, hopefully that will get that out there. So that's what we were going to ask you about. Cause when we yeah. talked to you at yeah. Boston fans, you were talking about how you want to do more creative stuff mm -hmm. and like cutting more and, and it's not like you want to do some writing too. So you are, are you yeah. writing this too? Or is, okay. Yes, I am writing it. Uh, I got a co-writer, but everything I've written so far we're, we're, we're keeping. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm just writing this. Maybe I should just write it then. Cause like, <laughs> it's fine. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not paying you then. I like, I could just do this. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Like writing is, it, it seems like a lot, but once you break it down into beats and you kind of know where your arcs are at, what you want characters to do, and you know who your characters are, it, it, it's pretty easy to kind of take them through a thing. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, even like, you know, you, you, even your daughter has a Spider-Man story and a Batman story because we all grew up with those characters. I think what's the challenge is coming up with something that's completely you know, fully formed by you. And you're like, okay, these are new characters. Oh, where do I start? And then once you figure out where you start and you, what you want to say about these characters, it gets exponentially easier. It's like the first issue is always the hardest because you're laying your, it's kind of like laying pipe, right? When you're, okay, so maybe that's the wrong word. Laying a foundation. <laughs> I was going to let it go, but I right. got what you are going for. Right. It's like laying a foundation and you want to have a strong foundation. People are like, oh, okay, this is how big the house is going to be. I get it. All right, cool. Right, mm -hmm. that's this, this is the stairs. Okay, that's okay, go up, okay, cool. You know, so um yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. I mean it's uh first issue is written and we're tweaking it right now. So uh then I go back and start redrawing it. So nice. I, I I've got some stuff drawn, but I kind of just threw it away and I wanna start over on it now. So, so this is that, the third time, but um is that something you're bringing to um, you're gonna you know, pitch to companies or is that uh, something you might do with Kickstarter Indiegogo on? I would love to take it to Image, but I think I want to crowdfund it first, and mm -hmm. then after that, then do the Image route for the direct market. Um, nice. I okay. don't want to do stuff like Boom or Dark Horse or anything like that. I think Image is probably the best model because it's uh, you own everything yourself. Everybody else. They always want to own a piece of it. And I'm just like, man, you didn't go in on this. You don't get any of this. Like, mm -hmm. You're cut. That's all you get. You don't get movie rights. You don't get any of that. You want to help pay for it. Then this yeah. is this is how much you got to give me. Then yeah, mm -hmm. sure. You can be in on this, but if not, I'm not, I'm not willing to share. It's like, don't be so willing to, to share your toys just to get your book out there. You know, with crowdfunding now, even giving away things free digitally is a better way to go than just, just like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm going to pair it with a publisher and the publisher is going to be like, you know, I, I could tell you horror stories of like creative accounting where, you know, like if things get optioned and they're like, Oh, well, they're, they're only a, you know, 20% partner. You make all this money, but then after all their, you know, after their front end expenses, then they take their cut and then you get what's left. And usually mm. it's not much. You're like $1. Like, 
What is this? Like, yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. But I mean, we saw. I think you know, Tyler Kirkham's work. He has an indie go go right, and you know Joe and I oh. backed that. And then oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then who was it? Um, uh, Sean Murphy had his as well. And it, like, I, I totally, saw that. Yeah. To totally makes sense that you would do something yeah. like this because especially if you got a story to tell. I mean, Joe and I are going to be absolutely all in on this, whether it's the Kickstarter oh, or image. Thanks, guys. I appreciate um, it. So yeah. we'll have to circle back when you have that all uh, done and everything. I'll send you a PDF of like a little preview once it's ready to go. I'm like, hey guys, oh, yeah. this is kind of what it looks like. So you read it. Nice. Like, oh, this is cool. Like, all right. Like, oh, I can show Joe. You'll be like, oh, I can show my daughter this. I was like, it's cool. A lot of dragons get killed if you're cool with that. Oh, oh, hands down, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Animal cruelty. I don't know about that. I'm well, kidding. There's no animal cruelty. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't get. Um, um, give a shit about dragons. It's fine. Um, yeah. but um, what was I say? Yeah, that's not, that sounds pretty awesome. So, like, I, I understand you're still working through it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, when, like, how long have you been? Has this story kind of been in the works for you? Like in your head, is like, has it been? doing this off and on working on it for more than 10 years. So nice. I was, yeah, it's, uh, I was working on it when, uh, I was doing comics. Um, cause I was like, I, I think you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, uh, and, and this is just, uh, uh, this is, I don't want to trash talk my industry or any means. It's just how the system is. Like when you create something, they own it, you know, mm -hmm. if you get anything, no one's going to get the Rob Liefeld Deadpool deal anymore. You know, like Rob gets pretty good. Oh, I didn't Rob even Deadpool know that. Deadpool, yeah. So, but then for the percentages and things like that, like it, you're, you're lucky if you get anything, like if it goes into development, because I think for Marvel, usually if they use your stuff for a movie, you just get a check for five grand. Uh, Warner Brothers DC is a lot better about it. Uh, it's much more significant if they take something you've done and, and adapt it for film or, or television. So, um, so I think you got to look at it like, well, you know, being a comic book artist is a lot more work these days because people demand more. Um, you know, it's more sophisticated. Uh, the narratives are more complex now too, because of streaming, people get the whole binging thing. They want to understand mm -hmm. story more and they really get crazy about story. So that, that all takes time to do. And I think you want to create things that you have a vested interest in, you know, um, cause you're, you're not gonna, I think the people who actually get really rich doing comic books is that's probably like less than 5%, you know, most of us are just kind of grinding it and paying bills, you know, mm -hmm. but when you create your own thing that you have a vested interest in or equity, you can take that. If you get a development deal on that, then that's something substantial that you can put away for retirement and things like that, that, you know, it, it makes more sense. You know what I mean? Cause like um, Mike Minola is uh, the creator of Hellboy and he makes a lot of, he does very well doing Hellboy. Doesn't mm -hmm. have to work for anybody. And I'm sure he could work for DC or Marvel if he wanted to, working on X-Men or whatever. Right. But there's more equity. He gets more equity, and it's a lot more fun for him to work on his own things that he's interested in, invested in, than, say, something that you don't own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's the that's the thing. It, it's fun to do these, like, short stories and covers and play, and play in those sandboxes. Um, you are kind of told, you know, how big your sandbox is, and these are your toys, and this is what you can do with your toys. Um, that gives you an idea of where the bullseye is at. So how to tell your story, what you need to do. But I think when it's your own world and your own thing, it's pretty much, you can do pretty much whatever you want. I mean, you want bikini clad Uzi girls who kill people. Great. You got that. You want a princess of a big sword who kills dragons. You can do that. You want a guy who, um, you know, 
fights like street level character, you know, street fighter characters and beats them, then great, you can do that. I mean, there's, I think there's plenty of room on the play for everybody now, mm -hmm. you know, to do whatever they want. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you talked about who your sort of inspirations were from mm -hmm. an artistic standpoint and, and, you know, with you, you know, diving into doing more of your own creator owned writing, you know, who are some of your inspirations from a, from a writing perspective and what are some of the comics that, you know, are, are inspirational to you or that, you know, that you have just always been really attached to. It, it's kind of weird. I don't, I have writers that I like, like Kieran Gillen, who writes Once in Future, I think is brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Kent, who writes Berserker, I think is brilliant. Along with Keanu Reeves, of course, is brilliant. Mm. Um, but I don't really, I don't, I just write on my own. I don't look at anybody else's stuff to write. I just kind of, um, they're my characters and it's kind of my world. So I kind of, like for me, it's more about like, do these characters arc? Uh, can I make you feel about these characters? Like, are you invested in these characters? For me, it's always about character development and moving these characters along where they start arcing and changing. And, and as a reader, you see that and you're invested in it. I think that's more of what I'm focused on. Um, I, I, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like uh, artistic influences, my, um, like I've got a core guys, the group of guys that I've always been like, that's that's my template, right, for me. Um, but as far as like writers, it's, it's no, I, not, not at all. <laughs> Um, well, it's funny that you bring up Kieran too, because we actually spoke to him about Die mm -hmm. last week. I don't know if you had a chance to read that, but that mm -hmm. was so oh, I absolutely loved it. But you've obviously done cover work for him, and then I'm actually you know you have the Berserker cover that I'm looking at right now. Um, that's one of the recent posts you shared on Instagram. It's another kick-ass cover. Right. Uh, yeah. When when you when you look at um, you know, I mean, there's so many creators out there, of course. But is there anyone in particular that you haven't worked with yet that you would like to, the chance to work with? Oh, man. Um, that's a really. I think that's the toughest question we're going to ask you today. I got to be honest. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, one that's really honestly, I'm open to work with anybody. Um, I, for me, as long as it's collaborative, um, I think the best comics are not one person heading it, headlining it. I think if the best comics are done where everyone works as a team, uh, even the colorists, we all, everyone's talking, we're all talking like, Hey, you know, what about this? What about that? Like a writer should write to an artist's, strengths of course you know and you don't want to destroy an artist with 20 pages of battle and like, you know two talking heads and the whole thing and like you're wiped out you don't want anyone to draw for like another like two weeks when you're done so i i think it's it's more about working with people who are collaborative who want to talk like to that. you and say hey john boy you know we're working on these characters like i know you love captain america we're writing this captain america story like what is Captain America to you? And what gets you crazy about Captain America? What would you like to see in this story? And do you have any ideas? And you just spitball. Like we, I did that with Paul Jenkins and working with Paul, he writes to an artist's strength. He'll take some of my ideas and work it in the story. It made, it made me feel like, like my voice really mattered on that book. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? This is how comics should be. It should be collaborative because you get the best out of everybody and everybody's invested. Um, I think those are the types of jobs that I prefer. It doesn't matter who I'm working with, a big name or no name. It doesn't matter. Like, hey, I want to. We're all on the level playing field here. We all want to create something that's awesome and unique. And I think that's what's more important to me. Because in the end, um, it's not us who decide what's great. It's the readers. You know, the, the the fans, the people who are picking it up for the art and for the story. 
they're going to give us feedback. And they're like, yeah, it sucks. Nah, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. wow, you guys ruined the X-Men. Nah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I mean, like it or hate it, but I mean, you always, mm. you know, the, the, the books that are really collaborative, you can tell mm-hmm. the team is really dull. Like Ryan Stegman and um, Donnie Cates, you can tell that those guys were like peanut butter and jelly on Venom. They just yeah. went together. They had. They were like invested. They're like high five, bro. We got this. This is what we're gonna do. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna melt faces. You can tell those guys were like just a solid team. Even with the anchor JP Mayer and then the colorist. Um, I forget the colorist. Um, I can't remember. So, um, but everyone was everyone was delivering on all levels on that, and you could tell that everybody was invested in what they were doing because the book was so good and the book was yeah. so fun. Um, and I think those are that's what comics for me is about is about that collaborative experience. It's not executing one person's vision; it's about the team's vision and coming up with something that's so bananas and awesome and unique. You know, so the colorist was Jesus Arbatov, I think. Oh, there you go. Right on. Okay. So yeah, everyone, everyone's hitting on all, 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 all like six cylinders or eight or whatever. How big that <laughs> engine is. You know, so. Yeah, and th- there was such an epic run for them, you know, mm-hmm. on yeah, it, just cracking. It's sad to see it go, man. It's kind of yeah. like because they're like, okay, now we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it Dylan now, and you're like, you're <laughs> old, like, uh, they're like, okay, we're gonna make it so nobody can come back and do anything cool with Eddie, but. Uh, so it was really cool and the king in black and everything was kidding yeah it was great it was great one of our favorite events from there for for a while now for sure so 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 speaking of venom and and some of our favorite characters what are some of you know you've drawn so (laughs) many characters you know throughout you know your career who are some of your favorite or who is your favorite you know character uh, to draw uh, I love Robin. Uh, unfortunately, I've ha- had a chance to draw him a couple times. Um, I love Captain America. I've never really gotten to draw him for for publication. Um, Batman, Which Robin though? Damian Wayne. Okay. The only okay. Robin. The only oh, Robin. Oh, 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 excuse me. <laughs> Have wow. you been reading uh, the recent Robin? Uh, yes. Yeah. You oh. know what? Josh Williamson is crushing it. He gets Robin. Well done, Josh. Because like. Some of the guys, they write them like, I think Peter Tomasi and Josh actually understand, and Patrick Gleason, when he was writing, understand that character and understand him really well and write him really well. Uh, most other people uh, who write Robin, not so much. They make him too polarized. And it's just like, if you don't understand why he's a polarizing character, you just, you know, you just make him a little jerk to be a little jerk. And it's just like, that's not, that's not the character. But, um, yeah, like uh, Batman is probably a character that I have not really had a chance to really draw on, like just Batman. I mean, I've had like Batman Family and then Batman this and Batman, bunch of you know people on a cover with Batman. It's just it's not the same thing. It's like no, I just bet just Batman. Just let me do just Batman. Um, <laughs> so that's that's something I'm looking forward to doing. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully next year there'll be some Batman covers out there. That I get to draw. That'd so we'll, sweet. Yeah, I'll buy sweet. By every single one. I bought some Gunslinger Spawn covers too. I'm seeing this one that you did. Was this at San Diego? Uh, you know, I, I I think Todd told me when I leave Spawn, he said I was dead to him. So oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Well, I think he meant it in the very nicest of senses. So, because okay. uh, we still talk, he still gives me a hug at shows. It's just, oh. you know, he's got so honestly, like, 
he's got so many other guys doing great stuff that's crushing it. Like he doesn't need me. At all. I'd love to do one, but I mean, uh, um, if you let me do one, I, of course I would do one in a heartbeat, but I, I think, man, like it, it kind of hard to top like Steven Segovia and uh, Brett Booth. I mean, Frank Quiley's doing a cover. It's like, come on, man. I'm looking at this one right now, John Boy, and I'm like, this this would be the one I'd buy in the heartbeat. I mean, I know oh, no. I was, that's cover that I did in Boston. Uh, is that what is that what it was? I think. Yeah, it's just a sketch cover yeah. for a guy. Yeah. I know, but that's freaking sick. Yeah. I mean, you it's okay. Make it. It's all right. Like, I, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't have a lot of time to work on it, so it's just kind of like a headshot with a hat. It's like it I, still I, looks cool, though. I mean, I don't care. It looks awesome. It's like, that's. I mean, yeah, that's. Thank you. You guys are very nice. So, yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not even trying to compliment. You. I would have done something really cool where he's like doing doing this or like mm-hmm. doing that or like this, but I think now people are doing the guns out. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, I just Spawn coming out. I don't know why Gunslinger Spawn is my favorite. It's the one I'm looking forward to. The Cowboys, most. man. Cowboy, yeah. Cowboy Spawn. I mean, there's so many stories you can do. Wild West horror, like mm-hmm. kind of goes hand in hand. You know. Um, yep. Just the only thing I hate about like Spawns is like I hated like. I don't like the burnt up, decayed corpse face. I just, I hate it. I agree hate with it. you. I don't like it. It's like, I'm look, with you. they have all this power. They can make themselves look normal. It's fine. Just let them do that. Like, yes. they don't have to be burnt up like a weenie. <laughs> I agree. Just keep, or just keep the mask on the whole time. Like, that's cool yeah, with me, too. It, man. So much easier to draw, too. Just black eyes. Done. Boom. <laughs> you know. Um, One of the best looking characters in comics until you fucking take his mask off. Then I know, him. I know. Then he's like, nobody wants to kiss you, dude. That's it. That's yeah. it. Your girlfriend's now. You took the mask off. <laughs> you know, it's like that's Deadpool's thing now. You know, you can't take yeah. Deadpool's thing. Yeah, that's fine with Deadpool. It plays. I have a sponsor. Yeah, no. No. So <laughs> to follow up then with, you know, who your who's your favorite character draw? What is your favorite all time cover, you know, that you've drawn? Oh, man. I don't think I've. Uh, doesn't like any of them. That's the answer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like there's there's stuff that I kind of like. Oh, that turned out pretty good. That turned out pretty good. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I've done one where I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is the be all end all of covers. Like, I no, because I, I think every cover has got its unique challenges, and you know, um, no, nah, I don't. I don't really have a favorite. Um, um, but it's always good to sell the original to someone who thinks it's their favorite because you can get more money. <laughs> but, uh, but that's probably the only good thing. It's like, oh, it's my favorite too. Yeah, please take it. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, um, no, I, I don't really have a favorite. I'm, I'm glad, honestly, for me, like I'm glad my work resonates. It means a lot to me that my work resonates with people because it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not a total hack and, and I'm, I'm glad that people like it. And it's just like always trying to do better. You always want to do better. It's like you guys doing podcasts. You're like, you know what? That show was all right, but you know, we got to do this. Our sound level could have been like, we should have been more engaging. We could have been, mm. it's that self critique that pushes you to get better. Don't beat Absolutely. yourself up too much. Right. Cause you won't be, you won't get off the floor, but enough you hear that, Joe? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for another beating. Let's do this again. You know, in reality, Joe, this is actually an intervention for you. John Boyce, yeah. our guest speaker. Yes. On the, yeah, he's telling you to stop beating yourself up. Your wife and your daughter are going to click on here in about two seconds. We're going to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're doing this because we love you. Yeah. <laughs> what did my daughter say to me yesterday? She goes, Dad, you forget everything. And I said, what do you mean I forget everything? She goes, you forget me all the time. And I go, that is the farthest thing from the truth. <laughs> and don't go telling people that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
forgot her at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, but I figured that was going to be the toughest question for you, John Boy. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> this one should be easier for you. What okay. is the most challenging character for you to draw? Likenesses. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Those Keanu covers. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's like you you want well the the berserker covers because it's uh, mm-hmm. it's Keanu so for me in my mind it has to look like Keanu yeah and people are like it doesn't have to look like Keanu I'm like okay now I'm drawing I'm like it has to look like Keanu so you're like looking at all these photos of Keanu online and you're like you're doing the grid and you're trying to understand <laughs> it all so you get everything right and it's just like so hard so hard it's like yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see yeah. that. I could just like, well, okay, it doesn't be can it's gonna be mercenary John Wick then, right? It's gotta be some variation, you know. Um, well, but the thing is everyone's seen that John Wick face too, so you don't want to be like, Oh, you just ripped that from John Wick. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like Wolverine meets Keanu, but still he kind of looks like yeah, it's yeah, I can see how that's yeah, you kind of want to do something that feels unique and its own thing for that, you mm-hmm. know, and you don't wanna it's just tough. I mean, because Keanu's like done so many great films, you know. Yeah. You, but I, I think for me, like doing likenesses are, are really tough because sometimes, you know, when you're doing like movie covers, um, I usually try to shy away from those because usually the actors get to sign off on it. If the actor doesn't think, oh, uh, my nose isn't that big, you're just like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, you got to change it. So it's like, you know, like, so I think guys who work on Buffy and stuff like that, I think they have to. Mm. The stars have to sign off on the stars have to sign off. Oh jeez. At least they, they did, but I, I get it. That's them. That's their mm-hmm. likeness. So right. But I mean, again, comics only pay so much. So then if you happen to go back and do stuff, yeah, that's like, you're making less money. It's like okay, my, my hourly rate just turned turned into five fifty an hour now all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so much time spent on this. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. It is so- rough. So what are some of the, 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 the biggest challenges you still face now as an artist? You know, are there certain, you know, you know whether like you just sort of likenesses or is it more conceptual stuff? What are the things that you find they still kind of give you some, some difficulty? Um, I think getting it all done. Cause like every cover job that comes across my table, I want to take. Um, but I know that there's only so many I could do. Cause like, I think I'm in this unique thing now where I'm very paranoid as if you couldn't tell already, but very paranoid about retailers forgetting me. So I'm trying to work on my career own, but I'm also working on all these covers. And I'm like, it's really hard to work on my career. <laughs> but I'm like, well, retailers are going to forget me. People are going to forget who I am. If I, if I don't like have a toe in there. So um, that's kind of my, my insanity that I'm kind of de- well, I'm working <laughs> through right now. And I, I, I got to get to the point where like, you know what, just do one cover a month, dude, and just work on your stuff because that's kind of where it's getting to. And I, I think I'm going to start dialing back a lot of my retailer covers. I think the uh, the only retailer that I do stuff for right now, I think, is Frankie's. And they're great. Frankie's Comics are awesome. Frankie's Comics, hey. Mm. Um, they're great, uh, great guys. Um, treat people right. Um, but, um, um, like, man, I, it just, it's hard to say no, because, like, what, well, do you want to draw this? And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the hardest thing for me is to to say no, to yeah. turn away work. You know, I think yeah. that's that's a hard thing. That's it. So, 
So, so last question for me, John Boy. What yeah. what is some of the advice that you would give to young artists, whether they're just sort of getting into art for the first time themselves and they want to maybe pursue it, you know, as a career, or those who are, you know, wanting to become specifically comic artists? What's you know the best piece of advice? I, I think the first thing is if you want to become an art comic artist, treat it like a sport. Uh, most guys who show samples and like do it like once in like two days out of a whole month. It's like, you're never going to get good. Um, and I'm always like, treat it like a sport, you know, second job, three hours, uh, two to three hours every night, every day. No mm -hmm. time off. Yeah. That's it. Makes sense. Like yeah. you're, you're, your profession is artist, but you happen to be a greeter at Walmart or you happen to be a computer programmer mm -hmm. just to make ends meet, but you're an artist. So you have to have that mindset. Um, and, and the, the other thing is if you really want to get noticed, if you're be all end all is to get noticed by Marvel or DC, um, that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I would say put out your own, learn how to write and, and draw your own stuff and ink if you can, uh, whether it's traditional or digital, it doesn't matter. Uh, and put out, if you really want to get noticed, put out your own stuff because that's the best way. That's the best resume that you can put out there is to put something out via Kickstarter or on the stands. It says, look, I committed to 120 pages or I committed to, you know, 240 pages or 60 page one shot or graphic novel that I put out. And a publisher can look at that and say, oh, well, this is what his work is going to look like published. Oh, this is pretty good. Like, you know, and he sold like 100,000 of these on crowdfunding. Like, whoa, put this guy on Dr. Strange. He might do really, really well, you know. So mm -hmm. that's the that's probably the best way to get in there. I wouldn't focus on doing just samples after samples and, and sending them in. Start, don't wait on honing your craft. Start working on it now. Do your own, create your own thing and put it out there. Do a one shot and crowdfund it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because the more comic pages you do, the easier it gets, the more you start understanding things and it's like, oh, okay. Um, the more the people can get an idea of what a finished product will look like from you. And that's what you want because that's what publishers publishers look for in the end. It's like, mm -hmm. what does the final product look like? Like, oh, this looks good. Yes, you know. So mm -hmm. um, that's the best way I would say to get noticed, whether you're a writer or an artist, you know. And if you're an artist who does not know how to write, just take a story that you like, like say Batman, and put your own spin on it. Hmm. It's like everyone has their own Batman story. Everyone has their own Spider-Man story. So do something similar then. Like, hey, look, okay, you know what? I don't know how to write really well, but you know, I got a really good idea for a Spider-Man story. So I'm gonna create my own spider-like character and call him the web or call him, <laughs> I don't know, the arachnid man or whatever. And mm -hmm. write your Spider-Man story and, and draw it and do it that way. Um, anything that gets you moving to that next step, you know, there there, there should be the idea that you want to procrastinate and not do something there's a million reasons not to do it and it's just the best thing is to just do it and and find a way to allow that to happen for yourself you know um because mm -hmm. um, that's the only way that you're really going to get out there you know? that makes sense yeah i mean especially with the reps and everything i mean it's the only way you're going to get better and i mean that you talk about how you know where you were at the beginning of the career and where you are now makes yeah, perfect sense. Still, i still feel like i haven't arrived everyone's like oh you're so awesome i'm just like I well, I respect that. I, I honestly, I love that you feel that way about your work. I, mean, I, just, I don't feel like, like I still meet guys. I like, I'm like, oh my God, Arthur Adams. I still geek out. Like, oh, uh -huh. it's Arthur Adams. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so, um, 
because I love art. Art's art's one of the guys who really inspired me. You know, yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and then the, the last thing, John Boy, that we want to ask you about, we always ask people um, this at the, at the end of, the, of, of interviews. We primarily on our show, outside of our interviews, what we do is Joe and I will talk about books, um, tell each other about books that we haven't read before. So something that Joe's read that I haven't necessarily taken a look at, thus the TLDR name. So we're curious, what have you been reading, whether it's comics, you know, novels, you know, nonfiction, whatever recently? What have you, what have you been reading? I've been reading. What have I been reading? Nice House on the Lake, which I like. Oh, yeah. Um, um, uh, what else am I reading? I am reading Once in Future. Of course, yeah. Uh, I'm reading Batman. I'm reading Detective. Nice. Um, I was reading Firepower. Okay. How, um, okay. Because I, I, Joe and I have not looked at Firepower yet. I oh, it's I great. It's great. Like the graphic novel and then the series mm-hmm. is really good, but it's getting to be a little predictable now. So I stopped uh, reading it. I okay. stopped at issue twelve. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Hmm. Like, okay. Right, you got to turn around and see her a little bit, Robert. Come on, turn mm-hmm. it um, um What else? It, honestly, I, I I mainly collect for artists though too. Like if I see a cover I like, I'll just pick that up. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that, that looks cool. Absolutely. Uh, I'll look at and I'll take a chance on something. I call it like uh, my my wheel of fortune. I'll just when I'm looking at catalogs, like oh well, this book looks kind of cool and promising. The cover art looks cool. Maybe I'll pick it up, and maybe the interiors will be awesome as well. Um, and I'll read it. Um, but uh, those are the things I usually pick up. I have a whole stack of comics. Um, so, <laughs> so who told me that? Dustin Gwynn told me this. Artist Dustin Gwynn. Uh, he draws Batman. He works on A Center, Z Center. Tell me, look. Once you start working in comics, you will stop reading comics. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's right. Like, I'm always working. I have no time. I have a stack of comics. Like, I've got, like, two long boxes of comics that I have not had a chance to read. So there's, like, the occasional toilet reading mm-hmm. that I'm, like, on for trade paperbacks. But you kind of leave those in the bathroom because you don't mm-hmm. want to bring that into your studio. That's, that's, <laughs> that's um, but, like, uh, yeah, it's just – I just – I there's more I want to read. I just don't have time, man. I'm like, I'm too busy like drawing and working on covers and working on my creator own. It's like, I don't Yeah. Well, we're very excited for that creator own project. And yeah, of course, thanks, all the covers man. that you're yeah, working on. Um, for those who don't already follow, make sure you go follow John Boy on yeah. Twitter at johnboy 7 um, That was not a glitch. There's two 007s in that. Yes. And then make sure you go check. If you want more, go check out his website, uh, johnboymyers.com. Right. Uh, we really appreciate you t- taking some time to talk to us, man. And hopefully we can catch up again down the line when that your creator own project. Yeah, is, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, great uh, chilling with you guys at Boston, man. I wish we could have talked more, man. I was like, oh. Those guys are cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we just got to go for the one day. It would have been fun to go back, uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday. We didn't want daughter? to bug you. What, Why don't you bring your daughter, Joe? Thank you. What's up, man? I was like, cool. Uh, why didn't I bring my daughter? Well, I'm sure with the mask and everything, you kind of like, hey, maybe don't want to push it, you know? Yeah, I think she was. I think it was like her first or second day of preschool, so I didn't want to, you know, pull her out, you know, that early. <sighs> Next year, though, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, just one day. Just do it for one day. Yeah. Like, Daddy daughter day. Don't tell your mom. Yeah, yeah. She'll she'll wrap me up. That's her favorite thing to do. Ooh. She said to me. She also said to me like, Dad, I will always sell you out. And I said, Thanks, kid. Wow. Yeah. She said that. She said oh. that. Like, Joe, Thanks. Wow. Joe, I mean, I know every parent loves their kid, but Joe loves his daughter. I cannot believe she said that to you. I'm gonna. Have to wow, that's that's hard. Well, she probably loves mom more, right? She's well, yeah, yeah. Because she she 
you know, during the pandemic, you know, I was with her every single day for the past year and a half. So she's oh, she got bored of you. She's like, you yeah, yeah, yeah. She can oh. give me, give me mom. This guy over here, he's he's not taking me to McDonald's enough. I'm done with him. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you again, John Boy, and uh, like I said, we'll we'll catch up with you again down the line. Thanks again. Great guys. Thank Thanks you very much. Me. See ya.